Remember, a Hallmark card when you carry enough to send the very best. The makers of Hallmark greeting cards bring you Bobby Driscoll in Knee Pants by Emil Schumacher on the Hallmark Playhouse. Each week, Hallmark will bring you Hollywood's greatest stars in outstanding stories chosen by one of the world's best-known authors, the distinguished novelist, Mr. James Dolan. Gentlemen, this is James Hilton. Tonight on our Hallmark Playhouse, we present Amos C. Schumacher's delightful story of his own childhood, which he very aptly titled Knee Pants. The adventures were not only amusing and worth the turn of this century. Those of us who were born about that time can't help but treasure our memories of it, of so much that was wonderful no matter where we lived, New York or London or some little place nobody ever heard of. Ten-year-old Bobby Driscoll who last year won a richly deserved Academy Award as the best juvenile actor. And from Frank Goss, before we begin the first act of New Pass. There are Hallmark cards for every memorable occasion on your calendar, for birthdays, anniversaries, holidays. Yes, for every occasion that calls for remembrance, for a friendly greeting, worthy. There is a Hallmark card that says just what you want to say, the way you want to say it. And that identifying Hallmark on the back. Well, that says you cared enough to send the very best. Now, Hallmark Playhouse presenting Knee Pants, starring Bobby Driscoll. century in uptown New York. It was the era when hobbled skirts were in style and horses were in clover. It was the time when the Schoenmakers bought their first touring car, a spacious, handsome machine with a gleaming brass radiator, acetylene headlights, and a burnished taillight that sparkled like diamonds and rubies. It was the period when a family, fortified with a picnic hamper, would go adventuring into Central Park to spend a very pleasant Sunday afternoon. And this day being Sunday, the Schumachers were on their way. To the church we'll gently steal, and the wedding bells will peal. You may go as far as you like with me in my merry old mobile. Diddy dum, diddy dum, dum. Joseph, look at your speeding. Yes, I know, my dear. You're going 18 miles an hour. Slow down. Now, Mom, we did 21 last Sunday. Be silly, Luke. Joseph, you're on the wrong side of the road. Mary, why don't you move to the mother-in-law's seat? But, Dad, Mom is no mother-in-law. Ha! You slow down this instant. I still say a horse doctor should stick to his horses. I am not a horse doctor. I am a veterinary surgeon. shining the tail lamp. Ah, oh, but we just got here. Well, your mother and I will take a walk, and then I'm going to take my nap. Any chance you're oversleeping today, Dad? I don't think so. Oh, some folks have had a luck. What's the matter with you? Oh, nothing. I'll start crashing. 
Thank you, Emil. When I return, I expect to be able to see my face in that tail lamp. Please, Gina. If I rub this lamp hard enough, will you make my dream come true? It's real important. Hello, Emil. Oh, Mr. Bohatti. Got any new giraffes in your zoo? No. Uh, why are you rubbing that lamp so hard? I, I was pretending it was Aladdin's lamp, and a genie could, would appear and grant me my wish. No. What's your wish? To make Father sleep until it's dark. Then I can light the last of our automobile. I've never seen him yet. Amy, your genie has arrived. Where? I don't see him. He's right here beside me. Now, you just whispered that you're going to ride home in the dark. Oh, that would be wonderful, Mr. Bohaffy. Jeannie just instructed me to take this match and let the air out of this tire. Like this. But, Mr. Bohaffy, we'll have a flat tire. It'll take five hours to fix it. That's why you'll get home when it's dark. <laughs> the genie just told me. forget those old horse-drawn fire wagons that charged madly down the street as if they really were going to a fire? You remember the spotted dog, the Dalmatian, who kept pace with the charging horses? And the exciting clang-clang of the fire bells? There were no shrieking sirens then. As a veterinary, Father Schoemacher spent quite a bit of his time at the firehouse, and young Emil liked nothing better than to accompany him. And while Emil knew every horse in the fire station on 89th Street, his favorite was old Smokey. A big, dappled gray. Mr. Klein, is it true that you're going to send Smokey away? Yes, Emil. But Smokey's a real hero. How can you want to hurt him? I don't want to hurt him, son, but, well, he's pretty old. Don't you think you'd better go on to school? I'm not going. This is more important. I'm not afraid of any old truant officer. I was when I went to school, son. Dad! Dad, listen, do you know what they're going to do with old Smokey? Yes, the law says the fire department must retire all their horses as they get automobile equipment. Naturally, the oldest horses must go first. And what's the become of them? Well, Emil, I, I guess the youngest ones will be sold quickly. They're fine horses and can still do a lot of work. But the old ones like Smokey... Yes? I just don't know. Oh, Dad, don't shoot him. I won't let them... Please, Emil... Dad, isn't there some place where they take old horses, like they do old people? Yes, there is. There are several farms where horses can be put out to pasture. The only thing, son, is that it would cost quite a bit of money for his feed and his keep. Uh, Dad, you give me 20 cents a week allowance. I can pay for Smokey's keep or back. I'd just spend it on ice cream and candy anyhow. It would be a lot better for my keep if I don't have any more of that. But, son... Don't you think 20 cents a week will be enough? Well, under the circumstances, it just might be. Yes, I'm quite sure, Amor. Those of the days, remember when you hoped to be the toughest kid on the block? As tough as Lefty Scotty or Herbie Gomez? who weren't afraid to walk on 88th Street among the dreaded 88? Remember when your mother said it was time you gave up Lefty and the other bad boys and stopped being destructive? Of course you didn't listen. But when she said you were going to start dancing lessons and it would be nice for you to escort Dolores Drinker, then your world suddenly fell on you. The kids on the block, every last one of them, would call you a sissy. 
I'm going to run away from home, Lefty. That's what I'll do. Where are you going? Out west. Want some company? No, I'm going alone. I'm going to conceal my real name and be known only as Slim. No. Maybe it'd sound better if I called myself Silent Slim. Well, gee, when are you going to leave? Oh, I'm not. I can't go west. Why not? My Uncle Nick lives out there. And he'd be sure to find me. But the west is big. So's my uncle. Maybe I could get Dr. Burns to tell Mother I was sick and had to live far out in the country where there were no dancing classes because they were bad for my heart. That's a good idea, Emil. Nah, that wouldn't work. Why not? My father's a horse doctor. He could tell. <laughs> well, gee, you're really up a tree, aren't you? Maybe you'd better leave it up to me, huh? What is there you can do? Well, I'm an inventor, ain't I? We build a wireless desk. You did? Well, all right. Well, oh, I'm expecting the Lord's drinker here in the cellar any minute. You are? Well, maybe I'd better leave then. Depend on me. I'm a magician like Houdini. You want to make me make an elephant disappear? Sure. Well, if I only had an elephant. Yeah, do it with me. Make me disappear. You're not an elephant. It's not the same thing. Mercy? You there? Over here, Dolores. Hello. Oh, Amos. You're going to escort me to dancing lessons, you know. Yeah, that's what I'm afraid of. Dolores, remember when I promised to show you how to saw a woman in half? That's right. Then you're the woman. No! I triple dare you. Have you ever done this trick before, Lefty? No. But it'll work. I'm not going to do it. Oh, I've got the box all made. Now, come on and get in it. Should I, Amos? Why not? All right. But be careful of the saw, Lefty. Hey, shouldn't her feet stick out of one end of the box and her head out of the other? No, just let her feet stick out. Hey, what about the magic words you're supposed to say? You don't need any magic words with this trick. Help! Help! You're stabbing me! Where is the heart? Now, don't worry, Demore. We'll put some eye down on your stomach. Go get some, Amos. Well, don't you dare touch my stomach. I am dying burn. Oh, I guess I'll have to take Dolores to the dancing class. Well, wait a minute. I got another idea. I have my own. Mr. Beetle. With him, I could study to be a great artist. Then my mother won't neglect my wonderful talent and send me to dancing class. Mr. Beetle's no artist. He's a billboard defacer. He likes to draw mustaches on the sign. And now, Abel, now, now we're going to take care of this burlesque poster here. Not nice for ladies to be dancing in tights, you know. Do you think it's all right, Mr. Beetle? Huh? What if Father Timothy should see it? Oh, Father Timothy. You know, Father Timothy, we're going to do it. And right now, crossing the street from a church is no place for a lady dancing in tights. Oh, no. We're going to give her a long skirt that'll even cover her ankles. Now, you just fill in my outline. You work rapidly. Huh? Yes, sir. Oh. Father Timothy. Amos. Aren't you ashamed of yourself destroying other people's property? And you, Mr. Beadle. Well, but, Father. Father, this picture, maybe the congregation. Father, it wouldn't even be nice for you to look at it. Well, Amos, you ought to go home immediately. I'll have a talk with your parents later. Oh, boy, am I going to get it now. <laughs> I guess 
as long as Emil lives, he's always associated the player piano with a certain unpleasantness. For as he sat playing it, he wondered what dire punishment would be meted out to him. Then mother entered the music room and stared at him. Then father followed in her footsteps and glared at him. And Emil wished he'd taken the precaution of inserting his big geography book in the place where it did most good. Then mother said, Emil, Father Timothy sent his holy picture to you. And then father said, Good boy, Emil. You knew that poster was blasphemy. As a reward, you don't have to go to dancing class. And then Emil says, Boy, no dancing lessons with the worst drinkers. And Father said again, That's right, Emil, no dancing lessons. Monday you'll begin violin lessons with the lowest drinker. <laughs> In just a moment, we'll return to the second act of Knee Pants, starring Bobby Driscoll. If ever there lived a master of words who fully understood and made use of their dramatic power, it was George Chapman, the Elizabethan poet who translated the epic poems of Homer, translated them into English verse whose beauty has enriched the minds and lives of men ever since. It was George Chapman who once said, how strong an influence works in words. And you know, that thought strikes home when you choose the message of a Hallmark reading card. For the makers of Hallmark cards know, as you do, that the words you send to those you care for can influence their entire outlook in time of sorrow or on special festive days that are important to them. They must be the right words, as you would like to say them, to a friend who is ill or who's celebrating a birthday or anniversary. Yes, whatever the occasion, there's a Hallmark card that says just what you want to say, the way you want to say it. And what is true of the magic of words in a Hallmark card is equally true of everything else about its design and craftsmanship, even to the fine texture of the paper. That is why when you ask any group of friends what name they think of in greeting cards when they want to send the very best, they quickly answer, Hallmark cards. So do continue to look for that Hallmark on the back of every card you choose. For that Hallmark says you cared enough to send the very best. You are invited to listen to a very special broadcast. Next Thursday evening, Hallmark Playhouse will present the dynamic story of Kansas City for the first time on the air. Broadcast direct from the Kansas City Music Hall. One full hour of thrilling drama that portrays the highlights of 100 fabulous years. We're proud to tell you that our stars will be Jane Wyman and Robert Young. And for this special broadcast, Miss Wyman, Mr. Young, and the entire cast will go to Kansas City. This promises to be one of the most exciting programs of the season, and I do hope you'll be listening. And now back to the second act of Knee Pants, starring Bobby Driscoll. Just a few years in a boy's life seem like an eternity. This is true in any era, at any time. There's so much to see, to do, to cram into a day. And with young Emil Schumacher at the dawn of the 20th century, there never were enough hours to absorb the happy adventure of living. And then, miraculously, he was 13. He took from public school to DeWitt Clinton High. He hadn't yet graduated from knee pants to long ears. What for this picnic? No, Emil. I've been wearing them for a long time. 
I saw you yesterday, and look, I can't afford to have you hanging around me. You're wearing knee pants. You're just a kid. But yesterday you came over to my house and we studied together. And I explained the function of algebra. That was yesterday. Amos, my Since when do you have a girl? Oh, we've been going steady for a long time. A long time? Yeah. For a week now. Well, I think we're in love. You wouldn't understand that. You're just a kid. I won't do what you want to do. Just ignore me. Here she comes. Hiya, Dolores. Dolores. Dolores Drinker. That's my girl. She sure changed since the day. She's beautiful. Oh, Rusty, I was looking for you. Why is it Agent Little Angel? Hello. Hello, Dolores. It's been a long time, hasn't it? Bean? Well, of course, Bean. You kids that haven't been around. What say we have some punch, Dolores? I'm rather in the mood. Do get some, Bessie. And bring one for Amos, too. Now, look, Amos. Remember, Dolores is my girl. Well, I... I, I guess I'll be going home. But the picnic's just started. I, I have a date. With the girls? Three girls. My particular popular. Let's see. Have I changed much, Amos? You... You look different. You look nice. And I didn't before. Oh, you, you looked nice before, but, but not like you do now. And you act different, too. Sort of sophisticated. That's because I'm an actress. Golly, I never knew an actress before. Who do you ask? I have the lead in the school play. I'm Roxanne. In Cyrano de Bergerac, you know. To my mind, no one exists who can say pretty nothing. But you're everything. As delicately as he. You've read it, of course. Uh, oh, oh, sure. Well, I brought the play along to study. Would you read a scene with me? Well, I... We'll do the death scene. You, Cyrano, were about to die. You've always been in love with me. Only I don't know it. Why did I tell you? It's obvious. You've never read the play. Here, we'll hold the book together. I'll begin. We all have our old wounds. I have mine here under this faded scrap of writing. It is hard to read now. Oh, but the blood and the tears. May I open it? Amo, you don't say it that way. You say it with feeling, as if you really mean it. Oh, all right, I'll try. Open the letter and read it. Farewell, Roxanne. Because today I die, I know that it will be today my own journey, beloved. And my heart, so heavy with love, I have not told. No more shall my eyes drink the sight of you like wine. Never more with a look that is a kiss. Follow the sweet grace of How oh, you read his letter. I remember the way you have of pushing back a lock of hair with one hand from your forehead. And my heart cries out. His And you read it so. Cries out and keeps crying. Dolores, there's going to be a freshman dance at school next Saturday. You suppose, I mean, would you, would you let me escort you? That's not in the play. But I'd adore to go. Oh, gosh, that'd be swell. Well, there's only one thing. Lefty? Oh, no. It's just that, Amo, it just doesn't seem right to go to a dance and you do have zongies, don't you? Uh, why, of course, Dolores. You don't think that I'd take a girl to a dance in knee pants, do you? 
Dad, how old were you, were you when you got your first pair of longies? Oh, uh, 15. Can I get a pair now? Sure, when you're 15. in your father's trousers. See how they fit. Golly, I never realized Dad was so tall and so wide. Mom, do you think I can get a pair of my own? That's up to your father. <laughs> this is Mahoney's pawn shop, isn't it, sir? Yes. There's a blue, there's a blue suit of longies hanging in the window on the banjo that says, Natty, $7 credit. Miners aren't allowed to hock anything. Oh, I don't want to hock anything, Mr. Mahoney. Mahoney calls me. My name's Dill. There ain't no Mahoney. Well, can't I see the suit in the window? Please, Mr. Dill. So why can't your papa come? I'm thinking of buying the suit for myself. All right. I'll get it out. Mr. Dill, what do you mean by credit? I mean $7. $5 down and $1 over. Now, Mr. Dill, I'll be back and see you later. Oh, a student. That makes a difference. How much money you got on you now? A quarter for lunch money and a nickel car fare to get home. <laughs> well, I couldn't take that away from you. Tell you what, I'll allow you two dollars in the suit you have on, and you'll pay me fifty cents a week for the rest. Oh, golly, that'd be swell. Can I try it on? Sure, here. Put on the coat. How does it look? It's roomy, all right. And the pants look awfully long. Just turn them up from the bottom, that's all. Nobody will know the difference. Golly, I don't know what to do. Haven't you got another suit that'll fit me, Mr. Dill? I got plenty of watches. But no suits. Well, I've got to have longies by Saturday. I just got to. I'm doing the best I can, my boy. Don't worry, young Everybody knows when you put on long pants, you also start to put on weight. Won't be long before the suit will fit you. And what's wrong with another other fixes? Get out of those clothes. 
Send them down to the cellar for the janitor to burn. Oh, Dad, I, I can't afford to throw them away. I just have to have a pair of lungs. It's, it's very important because, because I have to take my girl to a dance. Amy, you're a girl. You're just a child. Look, Mom, can't you understand? I'm grown up now. Oh, my baby. <laughs> no, no. Mother, no, no, no. Not such a baby. Who is she, son? Your girl. Oh, she's awful pretty. I kind of expected that. Well, I... No, the, the men of our family always did have good taste. <laughs> she's half as lovely as your mother. Oh, there's nobody like Mom. She's special. But Dolores is... Well, she's swell, too. Dolores? Yes, Dolores Draper. You remember. Uh, <clears throat> indeed I do, yeah. Mom, will you help me fix this suit? No. No, Amy. But I'll... I'll take you downtown, buy a new one. Longies. Oh, gosh, Mom, you're wonderful. And you, too, Dad. Boy, am I lucky to have folks like you. Well, I... I guess your mother and I are pretty lucky, too, son. I hope you won't mind if your mother and I still think you're young and hardly out of knee pants. Parents are, are funny that way. You know something? I can hardly remember when I wore knee pants. Yesterday seems so long ago. Growing up in the early 1900s was quite an experience. Then a boy on his way to manhood could look around his world and believe it was getting better. He could see all the great new inventions that were coming along and imagine what a thrilling life they were going to make for him. There seemed no cloud in the sky at all. And though nowadays we know what clouds there were and still are, it is good to keep the bright days in our memories as we hope and work for the future happiness of children in this land and in all lands. James Hilton will return in a moment. Tonight, I'm happy to announce that on May 28th, the exhibition of the International Hallmark Art Award formally opens in Kansas City, home of Hallmark greeting cards, at the Rock Hill Nelson Gallery. You've probably heard of the exhibition, which has been on the tour of the principal cities of the United States, where it has been extensively reported in newspapers and magazines. It's one of the outstanding art events of modern times, with the high purpose of stimulating the fine art of two nations and broadening public appreciation of art. If you are in Kansas City, you are cordially invited to see these paintings by French and American artists, which are winners of the $28,000 in prizes given by the makers of Hallmark cards. And may I again remind you about our special Hallmark Playhouse broadcast next Thursday, direct from Kansas City with your hosts, James Hilton, Jane Wyman, and Robert Young. We think you'll want to tell your friends to listen in. Here again is James Hilton. Our best congratulations, Bobby Driscoll, for your fine performance this evening. Thanks, Mr. Hilton. It was swell to be here. 
I sure wish I was going with you next week to Kansas City. That sounds fine. Well, we think so too, Bobby, because the story of Kansas City is a really exciting one. And of course, we shall do a full hour broadcast with Jane Wyman and Robert Young as co-stars. I hope you'll be listening. I will be, Mr. Hilton. Good night. Good night, Bobby. Our Hallmark Playhouse is every Thursday. Our director-producer is Bill Gay. Our music was composed and conducted by Lynn Murray. And our script tonight was adapted by Jack Rubin. Until next Thursday, then, this is James Hilton saying good night. <laughs> selected to give you expert and friendly service. Remember Hallmark cards when you carry it out to send the very best. Bobby Driscoll appeared through a special arrangement with Walt Disney, producer of Robert Louis Stevenson's Treasure Island, soon to be released in Technicolor, and co-starring Bobby Driscoll with the famous English actor Robert Newton. This is Frank Goss saying goodnight to you all until next week at this same time when Hallmark Playhouse presents the dynamic story of Kansas City, broadcast directly from Kansas City. A full hour of thrilling drama, starring Jane Wyman and Robert Young, on the Hallmark Playhouse. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcast.